Before we get started with this week's special edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, let me talk to you about this fantasy site, Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store, is a great way to play fantasy sports. They do the snake-style drafts just the way you like them. They've introduced auction drafts. They have best ball drafts. They've introduced NFL postseason best ball drafts. They'll have baseball, basketball, all that. But for all your snake drafts, they have PGA, which we love on the Always Pressing Pod. Got NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL. So, so much fun. And if you're new to the uh, app and playing on Draft.com, use promo code SD Sports, SD as in dog sports at checkout. You'll get entry to a free $3 tournament of your choice. So go check out Draft.com, Draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. Tonight's special edition of the pod, uh, Jesse has a friend, Lee Cheney, who is a PGA Tour caddy for Josh Teeter. You've heard us talk about Josh Teeter on the web.com uh, recap show, on the season preview show, on other podcasts early on in the fall swing. Josh uh, re-into the tour. Moorhead State alums with Jesse and Lee Cheney. So lots of fun stuff getting to talk to a PGA professional caddy and much, much more. So go check it out. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd much, much appreciate it. But to this week's special edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast with PGA Tour caddy Lee Cheney. Lay. Sir. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. This week we have a special edition. And in order to break it down, I have my co-host as always. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well, man. Super excited to be here. Um, reason being is I get to bring on a very good friend of mine. Uh, we met uh, when we were probably, I don't know, would you six or seven years old, maybe even younger than that. Uh, we played high school golf together. He's a lot better than I am. Uh, so he actually went on to play college golf. Uh I didn't get offered any scholarships uh, to play college golf uh, because I'm not nearly at this guy's level. But uh, my buddy um, Lee Cheney uh, will be on the podcast with us tonight. He is also on the bag currently for Josh Teeter, who is a PGA Tour uh, member, uh, fresh off the web.com. Um, just graduated, got his PGA Tour card, so he'll be playing a full season on the PGA Tour. So, Lee, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome, Thanks, awesome. For, Thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for being here, dude. We appreciate it a lot. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about yourself and kind of what the the things that you've been through. I know, obviously, we played high school golf together. I'm going to go ahead and just say that again. Um, yep. It's a, <laughs> you know, it's from Carrington Greens. Yep. Yeah, Carrington Greens, uh, Sheltel We Trail Country grass. Club, yep. uh, walking the hills uh, out at uh, at different golf courses. But, uh, um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and, and then we'll, we'll we'll go from there. All right. Well, uh, grew up playing golf. My mom and dad both played. Uh, my mom came to school here, and she, there was a club team, so she was actually on the club team at the time. My dad was college golf coach for 38 years. Um, you know, so I, I, as soon as I was able to walk, I was playing. And uh, Jesse and I actually first started playing at the – or at least I did – at the Moorhead State yeah. University Golf Course. That's where I got my head pummeled by Jesse. So uh, <laughs> I tried to, 
I tried to practice and get better and hopefully catch him. <laughs> so, uh, so that worked out. And uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, no, let's say you, let's just say you you soared past me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was beating hard. you. I was beating you when when I was six and you were three, and then after that, it was it was over. With. <laughs> Jesse took a little pause uh, for a while with practicing and stuff, and I I worked a little bit harder there for a few years, but <laughs> but 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 no. Uh, tell you what, we had some great memories, and uh, it's been pretty awesome growing up and and being around Jesse and, and being around some of the people I, uh, had the luck of being around and learning from, um, I, uh, played college golf at Morehead state where my dad was the golf coach and, uh, went on, played eight more years professionally. And I didn't make it through Q school. And, uh, one winter, Josh actually called me and I was playing really well on some mini tours in Orlando. I'd won a like four tournaments and I was playing great. And, uh, he just asked me if I'd caddy for him. He just lost his tour card and was going to have an unconditional season on the web. So uh, I didn't have any money to keep playing. And I thought, you know, this would be a cool opportunity. I mean, I'd be traveling to Brazil, Colombia, um, uh, some pretty cool places out of the country, which I'd never been. And, and it was a way for me to kind of stay in golf, but yet also have kind of a, a breather from playing because I, I still wanted to play. Um, but um, so I did that and uh, and it's led me to where I am now. I've been very fortunate kind of to stay in it, even though I'm not playing. Yeah. Um, well, to, to say I'm proud of you is, is an understatement, Lee. I mean, uh, I'm very proud of you and to call you my friend, but tell us a little bit about what you think, like the, the biggest difference between college golf and pro golf is. Uh, well, college golf, you know, you obviously have a coach that's managing your time for you, you know, around practice and, uh, classes, um, and then when you turn pro, if you're good enough and you have the money and the backing to do it, uh, it's all about yourself and how you manage it for yourself. And I think people that have more money may have teams that kind of help manage it for them. But for the most part, people turning pro are really learning how to manage because they're not going to class and, and they're, they're really learning how to work and practice on their own and not have somebody standing over them all the time. And, uh, I think that's a, that's the main thing starting out as a professional. All right. We've heard some, some people talk about it before and you lived it firsthand. So I'm just curious your thoughts on it. How big is there of a gap between like, you know, each level on tour, you know, the, you said you're, you're over there in Florida for a while. We know you go to Canadian tour, the Mexico tour, then you got the web tour and then you go to the PGA tour. What kind of a stepping block? Like what's the talent gaps in between the, the stages? Well, I what I'll say with the web and PGA, if if you let's just say you took out the top fifty in the world, okay, we move them in their own category. Uh, if you take, let's say the next, um, oh, hundred guys on the PGA tour, and you took the top fifty guys on the web, they're all in the same category the talent level is um, the top 50 in the world, top 50 on the PGA tour are, are on a different consistency level, the confidence level, 
um, some physical level. <laughs> um, but the, uh, for the most part, uh, they're all pretty, pretty darn close. Yeah. I've heard That's someone say it. I've heard someone say it. it's literally just like, you know, a couple shots here or there and it just escalates, like it just elevates you different levels and just, if you have it that around, you, you have it. If you don't, you don't. It's pretty crazy to think that's what separates. You know, we we see we, we had a, a web.com guy, um, a writer on a while ago, and he was telling us like he goes to the qualifying schools and everything, and just the the the, the pressure he sees going on there, and just the difference in the players. It's it's crazy that it's that that minute of a different. I will say this: I've, I've kind of I, I listened to Bob Rotella talk uh, to some players about this. If you had like say everybody on the PGA tour and, or even everybody on the web.com tour, let's say the PGA tour, you gave them all at the beginning of the year, $2 million. And it would be in, let's just say the tournaments, they only paid the top three individuals every, every tournament. So his argument is, and I kind of see it now thinking about it. If you give all these players that had their tour cards, $2 million, and they're playing for basically the top three spots, you'd actually have better golf for more players because they know that they have to shoot crazy scores and they know they have to play well and they don't have the burden of the financial um, stuff around them, paying for a caddy, paying for their families to travel, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, a, it's interesting. I think your better players – don't really worry about the money as some others would. Yeah, it's, I, I could see. Yeah, it's obviously, if you're out there grinding for a living, um, obviously it, missing a cut is going to be a, a much bigger deal to someone like like Teeter yeah. than it is somebody Dustin Johnson yeah. who's doesn't have to worry about money ever again for the rest of his life. Right. Um, but somebody like Teeter is out there grinding, trying to make a living, has a family, wants to provide for him. Um, so kind of piggybacking off of that, what are some of like the biggest differences from you can talk about from a caddy perspective or a, a player perspective of playing on the web.com versus playing on the PGA tour? Uh, the courses on the web.com. Um, I would say most of them are not anything like a PGA tour set up golf course. Uh, PGA tour course are very longer. You're going to, use almost all of your clubs in your bag. Um, on the web, it, there's a lot of courses where you hit driver wedges um, or you're not even hitting drivers off the tee like you are on the PJ Tour really forces you to hit driver most of the time unless you're like a Cameron Champ or Dustin Johnson. But uh, on the web, it's a little bit more uh, target-oriented and then – the courses we play at certain times of the year, it was you have a lot of wedges into softer greens, and it became birdie fest. And if you didn't shoot at least twenty under, you weren't going to finish in the top ten. <laughs> so, um, which a PGA Tour event a lot of times is somewhere between twelve under and twenty under that win a tournament. Um, so it's just courses are a lot longer and typically are, you know, they close them down a month in advance or three weeks in advance to get them ready. Um, which I don't think web courses do that. They close the day before. <laughs> so it's a lot, it's, it's a lot different. 
what about from yeah. what about from a caddy perspective? Like, do you do you get any different treatment on the PGA Tour versus being on the Web.com Tour? I've heard a lot of stories about caddies not getting treated very well either way. But is it any is there any difference there as far as like any amenities or anything like I'll that be goes? With you, the PGA Tour is a lot better because they they provide food. <laughs> the food is a lot better. Uh, sometimes on the web, it it would get a little bit. Um, you know, for breakfast, I'll give you an example. For breakfast, you get donuts. Um, on the PGA Tour, a lot of times you'd have eggs and bacon and sausage and fruit. And um, they, they do a lot better job taking care of the caddies, uh, for sure. The web, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some tournaments that really took care of the caddies. But for overall, it was, uh, it was a little bit uh, weaker, so... Gotcha. One more thing, Bubba. One more thing. Let me, yeah. let me ask one more question. Because yeah. because you were just talking about the courses there. What do you think about the P? What do you think about the Web moving uh, their finals to Victoria National for the next ten years? Um, it's obviously oh. close. It's a close golf course to us. Um, yeah. I couldn't break ninety there. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, get out of here. So what, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I like the, the change. Uh, during the time of year that we were playing there, uh, I believe it was always in uh, April, I think, late March or April. Yeah, it was around um, then. Yeah. Um, so, the we- as you know, the weather that time of year in this region is very sketchy. I mean, yeah. You could be in the 50s, blowing 20 miles an hour um, or colder. Um, yeah. And uh, now that it's moving into September, uh, I think – the course is always in great shape, but it's, I think it'll be a lot more fun to play from a player's perspective and you'll see a lot better golf. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I caddied there twice and it was more of survive and advance type of golf than, than, uh, pleasure <laughs> to go around and shoot some low scores. Yeah. It's a tough golf course. Go ahead, Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the uh, that's kind of the consensus we've heard from or we've read or whatever from a lot of people is that they're going to miss going up to uh, the, the scoring friendly environment of the final rounds to, to go yeah. in there. But yeah. uh, one last question on this web life versus PJ life. And I just have to ask you because a couple years back we were talking before the show, I go to Pebble at least once or twice during the tournament to go hang out. And we decided to go to Buffalo Wild Wings in the seaside after the uh, tournament, about 20 minutes away. And there were two caddies um, playing um, Golden Tee. Do you yeah. join the Do you join the caddy parade on the Golden Tee in a show? Are you like a, one of like the experts at it, or do you just or do you have a different vice to get a, when you get away? Um, I'm definitely not one of you know. I don't play it a lot. Um, Peter Malinati's caddy. Um, he uh, I'm going brain dead with his name right now. I'll think of it in a minute, but. He is supposedly the Golden Tee legend. Nobody can beat him. In fact, uh, some places, uh, some tour events actually put Golden Tee in uh, in the caddy area, caddy dining area. So you'll watch him, and he'll just kill everybody. Um, so he's he's the one with all the money and uh, and the respect. So surely they're funny. not gambling, are they? <laughs> I a little bit of gambling. Not and, on the PGA uh, Tour. Oh, you know, you get some tour events that have ping pong tables and you'll have players in there playing against caddies and caddies are trying to get in their players pocketbook, you know, trying to get some of their cash. (laughs) And uh, it's great. 
Um, I wish I was better at ping pong. Josh is really good, so I, I can't play him. But um, I really need to practice and try to find something to get some extra money out of some of those guys. Hey, by the way, Chase just got a ping pong table. Did he really? Yeah, legit. Yeah, I definitely ping need to go table. there and practice. <laughs> Come over, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had to ask because these guys literally said they searched online for the nearest one from the golf course. So it was I knew it was a, kind of a insider. Like, they love playing this thing, so I was just curious. Um, yeah. So, like, the weekend of an event, like, we love golf, so we kind of watch all the aspects of golf, not just the Thursday through Sunday. Um, you guys as caddies are kind of like the unsung heroes to some of these guys. Like, because you guys go and put in a bunch of extra work that most of the regular fans have no clue what you do. So yeah. when you're leading up to like a tournament, what are you doing to help your, your golfer be best prepared for the week? All right. So on, uh, I always try to travel on Sunday if I can and get to the either if we have an off week, get to the, the tour site on Sunday night or try to get there by at least Monday morning. And I'll go out, um, walk the course. A lot of times there are, um, um, sprinkler heads that are not marked with yardages so i go and check and see which ones those are and try to match up the yardages with that sprinkler head and there there may be a mark or a number or something you need to write down um i'll go check you know elevation with uh, how much is up and down in the yardage book i'm basically checking if the yardage book is right or not and then i'll write my own personal notes with depending on what the wind direction is on this hole if it's you know, if it's into the wind, you have a 280 carry bunker, maybe we should hit a hybrid off the tee and lay it back. Or if it's downwind, we're hitting driver and sending it over it, having a little wedge in, just stuff like that. And uh, Josh usually likes to get out um, Monday evening or um, and practice some, maybe play nine holes. And, uh, and then Tuesday, we'll go out and play nine or 18 a lot of times it depends on uh the the schedule of the tournament that week because sometimes they'll have pro-ams going on on monday and wednesday and uh, so you're always kind of working around that um but uh he likes to play nine holes on uh, monday nine holes on tuesday maybe try to get out early wednesday for the pro-am play nine more holes just depending on how he's feeling and um and then from there, we'll usually at least once kind of go over the course and talk about how we're going to play it. And and a lot of times these terms on the PGA Tour, Josh has played all these courses before. So I'm the one really learning more now than than he is. So I'm listening to him and I'll give him my my two cents here and there. But usually uh, usually we're pretty much on the same page with how we want to play. I got two questions for you from that. Yep. First off, what do you do with all these yardage? Like, do you get a new yardage book every time? Well, I know, like, is this your first go around, like you just said? But yeah. you know, in other t- tours you've caddied on, do you get a new one every time, or do you just kind of bring the old one out and recheck things? Because these these well, can be like a cool little stash. Yeah. Uh, uh, typically, the tournament always gives you a new one, and uh, the PGA Tour has this guy that goes out and designs these yardage books and he does it every year and sometimes it may change a little bit depending on if they've redone the course and you know bunkers or whatever um so just 
Um, I always get the new one and then just cause I usually write a lot of notes. I need to get a new yardage book anyway, cause it, it looks bad by the time the week's over with. But, uh, um, I, if I, if I, I'll take the old one and, uh, and use it as reference for what we've hit in the past and stuff on certain holes. The other thing I had was you said he plays nine on Monday, nine on Tuesday. So is he not as worried about, you know, seeing the course a few times or is he just more staying fresh when he's out there? Staying fresh. Uh, like, you know, if he hasn't seen the course before, we may play 18 holes on Tuesday, play nine on Monday, 18 on Tuesday, and maybe nine more on Wednesday morning. Uh, but if he's seen the course before and feels pretty comfortable, he may just do nine holes and, um, and, you know, he's got a family, so he's, he's trying to split time, you know, hanging out with his kids and wife. So uh, okay. he's trying to be a dad, too. Last question to kind of go with all this, um, you know, the week of a tournament deal. Now, when you're in the roast, Thursday's happening, Thursday, Friday, hopefully making it to the weekend. Now what's your role besides, you know, not just, you're not just carrying a bag. You're not just telling them numbers. There's, there's obviously other things. Some guys need you to be kind of a head coach. Some guys need you to do other things. What's your main role or what do you see a lot of caddies main role? That's kind of not one that's just easy. like handing them a club. Uh, it's, it's different. I mean, it depends on what player you're with. Um, like for example, I was with uh, KJ Choi for seven events last year. Um, and, he was the type, you know, his English is broken and he's kind of hard to understand. And, and so like, you're really learning on what he wants by what, how he's saying things. And he actually kind of wanted me to say, all right, uh, little draw five iron, uh, little cut four iron, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, and I was just like, okay, well, uh, we got to make sure we cover some water here. So, uh, I may go more with the four iron, <laughs> you know, we can't be short on this hole or whatever, but, um, and then some play like Josh, Josh and I have been around each other and played so much golf together that we know each other's games So well, we're very similar that, you know, when he says something, I pretty much agree with him. And, um, unless I just see something that doesn't, uh, doesn't seem right or sound right. I'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But sometimes you can talk too much, and there's it puts too much thought in the player's head, and then that that gets them more flustered than anything. So um, um, you really want to try to be as clear as you can, and, and just make let them play. You know, um, let them do what they're they're built to do. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. How uh, obviously mental the game is, and and how it just completely mind fucks you all the time. And you know that as a player. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's obviously um, a good thing to sometimes just back up and stay the way. I heard KJ one point told you if I miss it long, it's it's my fault. If I miss it left or right, it's your fault. No, no, no. That? It, yeah, he said uh, he goes <laughs> right or left, my mistake. Short or long. Your mistake. <laughs> See, I, I figured it was the other way around because obviously he's the one who controls how hard he hits it, and you're talking about the line. But he's yeah. telling him distance for clubs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I was. Yeah. I see. I was just thinking putts. I was thinking putts. Yeah. I, that makes more sense if we're in the fairway. Yeah. Right, hey, I got you. Real quick, you just mentioned putts, Jesse. With this new rules coming up, where you can kind of stand differently on putts. 
how do you think it's going to like change the caddies' role in the putting game with their player? Well, I, I really don't feel like it's going to change anything on the web or PGA tour. The LPGA it will change because it's going to make them play faster and they can't have their caddy lining them up and stuff like that. Now, I, I've only heard from other caddies that have caddied out there how what it's like. Um, I've personally never been there, but uh, I think that'll help more the LPGA than, than the PGA web. Gotcha. You just were mentioning how, obviously, Teeter has been to – Josh Teeter has been to a lot of these golf courses that you guys are going to play this year. In your eyes, does he play better at certain golf courses than others? Or do you think that that doesn't matter? And it's just how, how he's, how he's been playing. Most say, the words, Jesse. Say, say, the, say the words. Does course history exist in your, in your <laughs> yes, mind? Course history definitely exists. Um, well, well, you know, you look, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, you know, what I've noticed with Josh, and it's like almost all golfers to a degree, is, you know, they kind of have like, uh, uh, you know, like peaks and valleys and stuff like that during the course of a season. And whenever I notice he's starting to play better, more consistently, it doesn't matter what golf course he's on. He's going to he's gonna play well there. Sure. Um, now we look at a guy like uh, – like Tiger Woods, you know, he basically – now he has the luxury of setting his schedule and picking what courses he wants to go to. Like, you never saw him playing in Harbortown. You know, you never saw him playing at the Sony at Wildlife Country Club. Um, and, you know, he's going to always play at places like Torrey where he's won five, six times, however many is, um, because they're long golf courses, you know, the – it's fairly open, even though the rough can be penal. Um, so a guy like that who knows himself knows that he'll do better on those courses. Uh, they'll definitely, you know, make their schedule out for that more. Josh, gotcha. you know, he's in the he's in the area where I, I just want to play whenever I get in. It doesn't matter what course, yeah. you know. So well, he's trying yeah. to make a living. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, go ahead, Bubba. Um, okay, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, so say whatever you wish here. But um, we'll start with this one. What's one of your favorite memories from you personally playing on your tours, or or it could be caddying if you want? Because we'll get into some other you know funny stories here in a bit. But what's kind of like mm-hmm. your favorite memory of being being around golf? Um, uh, one of my favorite memories. Um, it, and it really it doesn't have to do with golf, but there there's this caddy. He's he's 77 years old. Uh, his name is Hilton James. He's caddied a, a long time, and he's still caddy. He caddies for Ben Coles. He's one of my good friends, and um, and this is a fairly it's fairly cleaner story with him. He's got some great stories with him. But we were uh, we were in the Dominican Republic, and we were at the Westin on. Uh, Punta Cana, and uh, that was when the Kentucky Derby was going on. He's a big horse gambler, and uh, so they got a couple of favorites that they're betting on, and, and this is a few years ago, and the horse, horse that ended up winning, its name was General Lee, and I'm sitting next to him. We're at the bar drinking, and I go, man, you got to bet on this horse, and he goes, shit. 
you really you really think so? You think this horse will finish? And I'm like, man, come on. I'm sitting next to you. It's in the field. You got to put some money on it. And and the damn thing won. And he ended up, he did a, he did some type of like trifecta box and he ended up making $900. And you would have thought he won the Powerball or something. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And uh, it, that's, that's definitely one. And there's a lot of stories with him. He's one of the best out there. What about like on the on the golf course for yourself? Any on the any golf like course. what 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 would you consider like your best accomplishment in golf? Um, let's see. Kind of putting you on the spot there, I know, but yeah. Uh, well, let, let's say from a caddy perspective, um, I think probably the best one for me uh, was this past year. Uh, Josh was he was either one shot out of the lead. Going in, we were in uh, Hayward, California, which is just outside of Oakland, playing in the the Ellie Mae Classic. That's the one Steph Curry Steph. plays in. Yeah. Right. And uh, so Josh is like one shot out of the lead or right by the lead going in the final round. And I knew going into it that he needed a solo second to secure his tour card. So uh, we ended up going through and, and I'm trying to remember the trip uh, going brain dead with the, the guy that won, but uh, Trevor Cone, Trevor Cone won the tournament. And uh, so he was leading like on the last three holes, he's up by five shots on us and we are tied for second at this point. And we're playing with the guy that is tied with us for second. So, uh, the guy that we were playing with didn't didn't finish the best, and um, and Josh on the last hole had hit it right, and this green sits up, and the pin was on the right side, and we're in the right rough, and you have the grandstand that's kind of to the left and behind the green, and you could actually use the grandstand if you wanted to to bounce it back on the green. I'm um, totally so against that. Go ahead. Well, so so Josh, we're like going through the numbers, and I'm like, all right, we got to cover 139 um, to cover over the bunker, and it was online with the middle of the green. And and I had looked at the scoreboard when I was walking up. I don't think he had, and we actually had a two shot lead on third place. So now I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're actually playing with the guy that's tied for third. He's unless he makes birdie, we need to just play conservative. And um, so we're going through the numbers, and I and I come up with it was like 139 covers, 160 long on that same line through the middle of the green. Um, and it had kind of a questionable line, and I, I said, Josh, we just need to hit nine iron at the corner of the green or at the corner where the uh, the grandstand meets it's basically in the middle of the green and uh, he goes you think that's too much and I'm like well we can't be sure and we have a there's a slope back there if it rolls up it'll roll back in the middle of the green and you got like a 30 foot putt back to the hole so um, he goes with it and I could tell he's a little nervous and he hits this it hits a great shot right where I was talking and it it ends up being right in the middle of the green and um, we ended up Finishing solo second, got his store card back, and um, and you know now we're here. So 
that's probably the best memory for me that I, up till now. That's really cool stuff, man. That that's is. one thing I love about golf right there is he he had play-by-play members every moment of every part of that. You could probably do that probably hundreds of your shots. Hey, listen. So yeah, you know, there's but there's shots, too, that I've intentionally tried to forget, too. So <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. But Lee, Lee can go through also every uh, every shot he's ever hit at Eagle Trace uh, Golf Course, too. So he's <laughs> got that in his mind. Uh any other like funny stories you got off the top of your head? Anything that uh, you know you don't have to get too salacious. Name any names, but uh, anything fun or funny or cool you think uh, you'd like to share? Um. So when I worked for KJ, um, uh, we were playing in Harbor Town, and uh, I think it's number fourteen is a par three that has water that goes around the front and around the the side, the right side of the green. It's a really, it's a, it's a very narrow green. And uh, I think our yardage was 170 front, 192 hole. The pin's in the, kind of in the middle left of the green, middle back part left. And uh, the key is to stay short of the pin because you're putting back uphill. If you miss long, you're chipping down away and you're actually chipping back at the water. Um, and it brings chipping it in the water into play so uh so 170 for kj he flies his uh, he flew his seven iron if he drew it uh, maybe 170 okay and uh his six iron he'd fly about 185 so at the time you know i'm thinking six iron and uh and then it, there was a little bit of gust of wind that went down and off the right, and he kind of backs off of it, and he looks at me and goes, six iron, too much? And uh, it, it, it quit blowing, and of course, I'm scared to death of seeing him hit this thing short in the water. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, no, uh, you know, I tried to say it confidently, no, six iron's the club, just go ahead and hit it. Well, he hits this beautiful drawing shot right at the pin, and the damn thing lands right next to the hole, and it goes over the green, and in this chipping area, around a bunker and he's got a downhill he's got downhill lie going to a downhill slope and he oh he's mad and uh so i'm walking out in front of him and he kind of walks up right behind me and, <laughs> and this guy he's a super nice guy he was nothing but great to me but he was mad at me and <laughs> he goes, goes never miss never miss green or never miss long on back pin Never. <laughs> and, uh, and at this time, I'm thinking, you know, this is a Thursday. I'm probably going to get fired after our round on Friday. <laughs> um, but uh, now, you know, it, it ended up working out. We made the cut and played okay. And uh, but I tell you what, he was always really great to me. But I was scared to death I was going to get fired after that. Yeah, after that tournament. I'll bet. Yeah. That's funny. Um, we've heard different, you know, pros that talk about it, about the, their thoughts on the pro-am, pro-ams. And you mentioned some are Monday, Wednesday, some are just Wednesday, whatever. What are your thoughts on these? Because it seems like some guys are starting to get out of them, like they have a cough or something. But uh, a lot of guys a lot of guys do play them. What are your thoughts on these pro-ams? I know they're moneymakers for the tournament, but not for you guys. Yeah, Um you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really good. If you get with a fun group, it's it's awesome. Um, but it, it, I tell you, the ones that are bad, 
is when you play with some golfers that aren't very good but think they're good, and they're actually like trying to compete with the pro. And, <laughs> Idiots. And it's, like, yeah, and it's like, dude, come on, just hit, let's go. You know, and, and par is the worst score you can make in these pro-ams, okay? Because usually they're doing a Texas scramble or, or best ball or whatever. And it's like, you know, if you're out of the hole, don't try to keep competing for a double. Let's just go. Let's move on to the next hole. And um, But when you got a group that's not good and they know they're not good and they're there to have fun together, that's fine. It's great to be with them because it can be hilarious. Yeah. Because um, they're picking their ball up in the middle of the fairway after they chunk their third shot. They're like, ah, hell, I'm not going to make this one. You know? <laughs> so they pick it up and they got their drink and they just keep walking, you know. Perfect. Um, so it, there's good and bad. You know, most of these, most of the tournaments out on tour, they have really great food out during the pro-ams. So that's a plus for it if you're in them. <laughs> Jesse, before you ask the last question, let me uh, – I have a real quick one. Um, the news lately is Zach Johnson splitting up with his caddy, Damon Green, going to Ollie Schneider Jens. Now, you don't have to comment specifically on that situation, but it happens at least a couple times a year. It seems like something like that's happening. What kind of impact do you think that has on, like, say, a guy like maybe a, a ZJ who's very – you know, successful in his time than a younger guy like Ollie who's grinding and trying to kind of figure his his pace in the sport. Like, what kind of effect do you think that has the change of the caddy for both sides? Um, well, you know, uh, Zach uh, obviously has had a lot of success, and uh, they, they had 15 years together. So Damon did really well with them. And I, I still – I bet they're still friends even though – I, I know that Zach hasn't played the way he wanted to the last three years since he's won the British Open. Um, so it, it may be good for both of them because Ollie's a really good up-and-coming player, young guy, um, has a lot of talent. Damon is one of the best caddies out there and brings he – he's a really good player himself, so he brings a lot for him. And uh, I could see Ollie going out and having a lot of success this year just because of have maybe just that little bit of confidence. I, I know, like uh, when uh, when Justin Thomas got uh, when he got his caddy. I mean, it was like a switch went off, and he just started winning. You know, and and I mean, you knew it was there, and it was going to happen. It's just it's sometimes those things happen, and and um, and you know, Zach probably doesn't need a older, more experienced caddy anymore. I mean, he's he's seen it all. So he's just he's just trying to change things up and trying to just try to play better, um, you know. And I understand that, you know. It, it it may come to the point where Josh is like Lee. I've known you since uh, you're 11 years old, but it just ain't working right now. Let's let's try something new. And uh, you know, I understand that completely. So, um, but I, you know, I come from a playing standpoint, and I I know how good just a little change here or there could be. Um, so it, it's, it's a, sometimes a hard situation, but, uh, most of the times it, it works out for both, both, uh, parties. Would you say that, would you say that most caddies end up as a caddy just because they, they, uh, they weren't good enough to like make the professional tours? Is that I'd why? Say there's some of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, but but most everybody plays golf, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially on the PGA Tour. I would say on the web, um, there are some that are club caddies. Uh, 
they know the game and they know how to play, but they, they're not really, they weren't really players per se. So when you get in certain situations, maybe, um, their advice may not be the best, you know, but, uh, but, um, but on the PGA tour, most of them were former players. And, uh, so, you know, I I think that's obviously something that can only be beneficial. You've played at a high level of golf. You are trying to help somebody who's playing at the highest level of golf. I mean, you know, yeah, I I think it's gotta be, you have something to say there, Bob. I was going to ask, you mentioned that how a lot of these guys played before you played yourself. Um, how often do you guys get to pick up the clubs and, and go swing it when you're not having to, to, you know, caddy for your golfer? You know, uh, some caddies do a lot. They, they travel with their clubs. Um, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, I feel like I still spend uh, a lot of time with Josh. I, I'm also a swing instructor. So, uh-huh. like, sometimes when we're at tournaments, like, you know, I have a little bit more responsibility with him uh, if, if he needs help or not. Um, but like guys like fluff, you know, fluff will play every week if he can, you know, especially with the longer hours. Uh, there's a lot of players, Kip, or play, uh, caddies, uh, Kip Henley. Um, I'm sure you all follow him on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we all, Kip plays quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of guys that will meet up and try to go play if they have time. Couple more questions for you. I'm gonna make this kind of a two parter. We'll just start with part A. Where are you looking forward to going most this year on the PJ Tour full time this year? Where Where do you want to be the most? Like, where are you most excited to go? Uh, I, well, Bubba and I kind of talked about it before. I, I'm excited to go to Pebble. I've yeah, I've never been, and that Josh told me if he had to pay for one round of golf, you know, he's played Augusta National and places like that. He would. He would pay to play Pebble. Really? Um, Over Augusta? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Come west. Come west, Jesse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, now, granted, I haven't been to either either those places, Jesse. I always thought Augusta, but. Uh, You've been to Augusta, um, though, haven't you? You just stepped up. I've, I've been, been, but I've yeah. never played. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. I hope you guys um, are there this year. No, that, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but, uh but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Pebble. I'm excited about Tory. Um, uh, I got to experience uh, Muirfield Village with KJ last year. That was pretty awesome. Um, there, uh, there's, I tell you, there's a lot of really nice golf courses. I'm, I'm just excited to get in whatever term we can and yeah. play well. Are you guys going to be in Hawaii for the uh, for the Sony Open? As of right now, we're in. Okay. And I think we're going to get in. So gotcha. So that's where you'll start the season out then. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I know you said you uh, obviously hang out with Josh quite often. Have you guys, as a team, or any goal, or has he, as an individual, um, set any goals for yourselves for him that you're you know willing to share? If you don't want to share them, you're totally fine. But what what are you guys looking to do this year on tour? I mean, honestly, it's as simple as this: we want to win. Um, He's the last three years he's played really, really well. And he got over the hump this year, getting back on the PGA tour. Um, he's, he's a great ball striker. His, his short game has gotten better. He's still kind of streaky of a putter, but when he gets hot, he can make a lot of birdies. Um, it's, you know, I think the beginning of the season hasn't been what we wanted it to be, but, uh, he did a lot of really good things and, 
Uh, and he's all his ball striking is always there. It's just getting him comfortable being back on the PGA Tour. And and really, for me as a caddy, when I see him getting hot, just getting out of his way. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, that's the best way to put it because – um, I feel like I'm caddy in my best when I'm saying the least and, um, and, and just letting him do his thing because he can, he can, he can shoot some low rounds when he gets it going. Nice. Well, Lee, this was a lot of fun. Um, we, like Jesse and I talked about, we can hear guys tell stories forever, but, uh, we can't keep you here all night long, yeah. but, uh, Jesse, any final thoughts before we wrap it up, Lee? Uh, no, man, I appreciate you coming on a lot of good stuff, Lee. Uh, we look forward to, keeping up with you uh, this season on the PGA Tour. You and um, Josh will be rooting for you both. Uh, and, um, yeah, like I said, Chase has a ping-pong table. So come over and, and play some ping-pong. <laughs> yes, all right. There you go. I love it. Yeah. yeah Jesse well, gives guys. a uh, – Je- Je- It was really, really nice to meet you. Hopefully I'll see you up at Pebble. And, yeah. Uh, and you can Uh-oh. show me where to go. I'll be uh, – that's a foreign area, area to me, so I'm I'm ready to take any advice. Yeah, no, I'll definitely come on out there and, uh, and catch up with you because I, I go out there usually for at least one practice round and one or two rounds in the uh, in the tournament. So I'll definitely reach out to you and uh, and we'll make it happen. It's a lot of fun. And you're a lucky man because you're going to get to do a lot more than I get to do when I go to Pebble. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty I cool. The, I just hope the weather's good. I, I know what it can be like if it's bad, so – we always laugh. We always laugh around here because it seems like the week of Pebble, at least for the practice rounds, there's always at least one good day of rain. And then the weekend's kind of like, okay, is it going to be windy, rainy? Are we actually going to? The last couple of years have been beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful. So that's, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. And hopefully, I get to watch you guys on a Sunday. So yeah. that's that's what we're hoping for. Well, thank you, buddy. All right, thank man. I appreciate Jason. it. Everybody, go check out the show on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd much appreciate it. And go give Josh and Lee some. Uh, go follow them this year. Go enjoy the kick off the year at Sony. And uh, until then, we're going to take the rest of the holiday season off. We'll catch up with you guys for the Tournament of Champions at the beginning of January. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys later.